Blog Talk Radio. Trying to see. Can you hear me, Michael? Yeah, I'm good. Hmm, that might be live. Let me try. Steven Rosado has been fantastic and is telling us whether or not we are live. I mean, it says on air on my computer. I think if nothing else, it's being recorded. I hope it's being recorded. That's for sure. Um, I mean, I've said if not, think so far. (laughs) I know. My word. Um, Jeez, both of us did. You know, this is earth-shattering stuff if you guys weren't able to listen. Um, <laughs> um, man, like I said, bear with us, folks. This is our – I have never used this interface. Um, there we go. Well, we're finally hearing it. So, shoot, we only have 35 minutes left. Um, so, unfortunately for you folks who missed our um, spring training discussion, I'll break it down real quickly. Um, we are going to, uh, so I said my biggest, we were going to discuss the biggest surprise so far, the biggest disappointment so far, and then the 25 man roster, if it ended today, um, uh, you can check out our articles. And if you want, ask us on Twitter, we might answer it later. We have time on the 25 man roster, but biggest surprise so far, I said for me was, um, one Chris Marrero, I think is at bottom line, everybody's big surprise. Another big surprise for me has been um, the tie block and Neil Ramirez. Those That combo has been pretty impressive for me. Um, biggest disappointment for me has, so far has been, of course, Matt Cain and then Hunter Strickland. Michael, who are your biggest surprises and biggest disappointments? So I, I had Jared Parker as a, a great surprise for already essentially kind of winning the left field job and maybe Mac Williamson not even being an, an option anymore and, and maybe going down to AAA. Um, I agree with you on Chris Marrero as well with the big bat he brought. And then, you know, disappointment, like I was saying before, was just uh, Matt Cain and Michael Morse uh, were two guys we were all hoping for, um, you know, big big kind of one more last hurrah, that kind of a, a deal. And it seems like that's not going to happen for either. So that's that was my biggest disappointment. Yeah, all right. So I'll give you – we'll just do it for time's sake. This part is probably – honestly more important than uh the uh well let's say this we love the world baseball classic we love team usa we'll touch on it real quickly um but i think obviously for those who weren't able to hear and uh for recording's sake um i think it's uh, we we should discuss the 25-man roster um we'll do it quickly though for like i said for time's sake um Outfield. So I ran it down. We both agreed on the starters. We both agreed that Madison. Right now, if the season ended today, we'd give our 25-man roster: Madison Bumgarner, Johnny Cueto, Matt Moore, Jeff Samarja, and Ty Block. And then the bullpen from starter, or from not from starter, from the ninth inning down, we have Mark Melanson, Derek Law, Hunter Strickland, Will Smith, Stephen Okert, Matt Cain. Um, I feel like if Matt Cain doesn't win the fifth starter role. Um, then they, I think he'll still be in the bullpen as a long relief slash spot start option until he kind of gets his stuff together or Ty Block maybe gets hurt. Hopefully not. Never wish injuries upon anybody ever. Um, but um, if he were to get hurt, 
or um, maybe his performance is dipped. Matt Cain can easily step in. They don't have to make any significant roster moves. And then I put in Neil Ramirez as an option. Um, I think both agreed, though, that David Hernandez or someone else from the bullpen um, could give him a run for his money because we are still pretty early in spring. Um, and I'd, so, say, I'd say Corey Guerin probably still has the edge just because of the history that he's been with the team now for a little bit over a year. Awesome. Um, and then the infielders, so the catchers thing, we both agree to set Posey and Hundley. Nothing is going to change from Belt, Crawford, Nunez, or Joe Panic. It's the ones behind them. It's those second base and the backups, or not the second base, but the second options, the backups. Um, most likely the Giants, outside of it, excluding catchers, will roll with six infielders. Um, that's what it seems like they're their uh, talk has been, um, I put my backups when I wrote the article that I'm looking at here, I'll reference it. Um, check it out. It's the stock up and stock down after first full week of spring training. Um, uh, I wrote, I wrote in Gordon Beckham because Bruce Bochy had said earlier about, um, the, how he likes the idea of if, if a backup infielder has the ability to play in the outfield, that can be an advantage. Um, if it's a tight situation. And so at the moment, Gordon Beckham was playing some minutes, getting some innings, hitting well. Um, he had, he had played a couple innings in the outfield. Um, he's played at second. He can play third, second and short. Um, so for me, that was a plus. Um, I hadn't seen much from Rollins after seeing Rollins. I would not mind putting Gordon Beckham in. And obviously Connor Glassby's kind of that, the incumbent there. Um, you, what did you have Michael on that one? Yeah, so mine was just everything you just said except Rollins over Beckham. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and then the outfielders. The I think I think Rollins has the edge there. Yeah, um, and I think you're, we'll slowly start to see that. Um, and if Rollins can take that over, I wouldn't be surprised if Mac Williamson made the team as a fifth outfielder because that is still there's still room for that in the roster. So you have Denard Span, Hunter Pence, Jarrett Parker as your starting trio from well, center and then Hunter and right and Jared and left Gorky's Hernandez kind of has to be on the roster. Um, considering he's the only one who can actually probably competently play def- defense and center field at AT&T park um, on the, you know, to give span some relief. Um, he can also play both left and right and competently defensively. He's got a decent bat. He's got speed. Um, he, he he reminds me, of, he could be this team's Gregor Blanco from now on. And I think that's kind of a, that's the thing that should excite people. Um, and then you have Mac, I put in Mac Williamson as a fifth outfielder, but you said you thought right now, Chris Marrero would make the roster. Why? Well, I, well, for two reasons. One, because you, the question was posed as if the season ended today or if the, if the season started today. So with the way he's hitting the, the ball right now and the fact that Mac Williamson has options, I think that he would have you know, him and Rollins right now are the are the hot names for those fringe spots. Um, but I also think that if that happened and Mac Williamson went down and they didn't replace him with another outfielder, then someone like Gordon Beckham might have an edge over Marrero because he can play the outfield. Um, and at the moment, Marrero hasn't been playing the outfield. So um, you know, it's all kind of a little Bermuda Triangle there. Um, of trying to match, you know, options. Like you said, if they want guys that can be versatile, then, then Beckham might have the edge over, over Marrero, and Marrero might have the edge over Williamson, you know, based on the way he's swinging the bat right now. Because if Marrero keeps this up, then 
they might be kind of forced um, to put them somewhere because someone else will pick them up in a heartbeat. Yeah, and that's for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, there is that um, uh, when, thankfully the season doesn't end today, and I think Mac Williamson is kind of saying that internally. Um, I, if, if Marrero and Williamson are tied, are very, very neck and neck. I don't think the Giants make room on that 40-man roster somehow um, for him. Uh, right. Just because it make that roster move for Marrero, even if it is that way. Um, you know, you, you, you never know. He may feel like he has a good option in here soon um, and that he would have a, a shot to get onto the roster at some point if something were to happen. Um, and I think that's something that – um, he, you never know. He may want to stick around and play in Sacramento. Um, a lot of people want to stick around the Giants organization um, for who they are, how they carry themselves, and what they do. Um, so I think that's a big thing um, that could that I don't know if they'll necessarily lose him unless another team comes along and says, "Hey, we'll put you on our 25-man roster." Then I'm if I'm Chris Marrero, I'm taking that option in a heartbeat, unless it's somewhere terrible. Um, for us, somewhere terrible might be the Dodgers, but for Cesar Baccara, playing for the Dodgers would not be a terrible thing. We are joined now with um, the site expert uh, from Dodgers Way. It was a very smooth uh, segue. I like that. I know. It was a pretty good one. Cesar Baccara, welcome to the show, Cesar. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Dan. How are you doing? Thank you guys for having me. No problem, man. Welcome. Um, so uh, we were doing uh, – we kind of messed it up here. Uh, we didn't have the right buttons clicked, or I didn't have the right buttons clicked because we're learning this interface. This is our first show. Um, so we skipped over our World Baseball Classic talk. We're jumping right in to the Dodgers, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. How do you think spring training has gone for you so far? Um, just give us who's your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment of spring training for the Dodgers so far. Oh, man. Well, um, frankly, I'm just really excited to see baseball uh, back out on the field again. Um, we got to see the, the team back out on the field. Uh, it was kind of a tough way to um, go down last season. So, you know, we really can't get that bad taste out of our mouth uh, fast enough. Um, but in terms of uh, spring training, it's gone pretty well. Um, you know, I'd say, we, you know, we, have our, we had our fair, fair share of injuries so far this uh, spring training. Um, but we've also seen um, a couple of our prospects uh, live up to the hype that, you know, the, uh, we've expected them to. Um, in terms of the biggest surprise, um, I think one of the biggest surprises for me so far has been uh, watching Andre Ethier run the bases. Uh, <laughs> last year he missed, for the, for the majority of the part, uh, he, made, he missed the majority of the part of the season last year um, with, a, with a broken leg and, to see him be able to take um, a couple of bases and score from the ball, <clears throat> hitting the outfield from first, you know, that's pretty encouraging uh, in terms of our everyday outfielders. Um, so that, you know, that, that's probably the biggest surprise so far. Um, in terms of the biggest disappointment would be, you know, we really haven't had a chance to see Corey Seager all that much. Uh, he's been nursing a few injuries um, this, this spring with um, his, his back. But we, 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 you know, it's just March. You know, we're not really hitting the panic button quite yet. You know, we understand it's a long, long grind throughout the whole season. But um, I think it's going pretty well right now. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to starting the season in April. So what 
I mean, April comes. Uh, what are you expecting from the Dodgers in 2017? Obviously, um, you guys should have high expectations. You went to um, you went around further than the Giants. You won the division um, by a lot after the Giants had been up by a lot and just gave it away um, through the bullpen. Um, what is what? What are you expecting? What's kind of the minimum expectation? And what's something? Um, you expect uh, to kind of see from this team or as far as like, do you, you expect them to win the division? And if they, do you expect them to be in the postseason, and how far do you think they'll go? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, um, for the past four years, it's really been, you know, world series of bust for the team, you know, with the new ownership and the amount of money that they're spending and you know, the amount of risks they're taking on players, you know, they're really, really expecting to go deep, make a deep run in the playoffs. And um, the four consecutive, you know, division titles, you know, certainly help the help the morale of the team. But you know, at the same time, you know, after winning four consecutive division titles, it's kind of hard to keep that day in and day out drive um, as heavy as you'd, you'd expect it. You know, they they might not be come up to start the season as hungry. <clears throat> but um, you know, we have a lot of depth this season. Um, we have we have a lot of talent, um, both veteran and young talent. So, you know, we're, we're we're fully expected to, you know, make another run, you know, a deep run into the playoffs. You know, hopefully we come across the Cubs again and, you know, maybe it's a different outfit this time of year. Um, but, you know, you, there's nothing guaranteed. And, you know, you know, you know the Giants always come to play year in and year out. Um, so, the, you know, NL West is always tough. I'm expecting the Rockies to uh, be a little bit more competitive this season. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I know I can always uh, – uh, be concerned about the Giants. Well, you, Michael, you, just you mentioned, have you know, yeah, you just mentioned kind of your you you always have to have concern for the Giants. Do you see that as it coming down to those two? I know you just mentioned the Rockies, um, but do you think that the Giants, you know, constantly being in the battle year in and year out, you know, kind of adds to the pressure of having to try to win the West again, um, or do you do you think that the, the Dodgers have, have uh, separated themselves at all? Um, well, I think it's, it's it's really easy to um, say the Dodgers can separate themselves if they, you know, were able to have a full staff, full healthy roster throughout the whole um, duration of the season. But that being said, you know, Bruce Bochy is one of the best managers in the game. And, you know, they end up – the Giants always find some, some scrappy players that, you know, just <laughs> know how to, how, to, how, to, how to pull out wins and, you know, win the full season, which just seems to be more important. Um, so yeah, you can always expect the Giants to be there. Um, in terms of in terms of the division, um, you know, I think I think the full uh, mentality around around the, the clubhouse right now and the way the way Dave Roberts has his guys playing um, is you know it's it's, it's seriously championship robust. And um, the fact that they were they were only two games away from going into the World Series, um, I don't think I think that they're going to use that as motivation to. Um, get their fifth, fifth consecutive division title and um, take a deeper run into the postseason, maybe their first uh, World Series appearance in over 20 um, Yeah. Uh, quick question. Just one question before we go here. Um, what is what is your outside take uh, or the take, at least from the Dodgers fan base on the Giants? I know we're not as in tune with the Dodgers fan base as you are. Um, so where – where do you feel like the Dodgers fan base, do you feel like they're worried that the Giants, um, do you feel like you see them as a, 
you know, it's just more of a kind of divisional competitive thing? Or do you think that, or at least for this year speaking, do you feel like um, they see, really see the Giants as a threat to the division? Or do you feel like the, the fan base is kind of like, well, we were able to beat them last year without Clayton Kershaw for half the season. You know, should we worry about them? Where, where do you think the Giant, or the Dodgers fan base is at on the Giants right now? Well, the thing is, uh, you, you know, uniquely um, enough, the, the, the Giants are pretty similar to the Dodgers. You know, they have their, their top of the rotation pretty set with Bumgarner mm-hmm. and Cueto. And then, you know, a little bit after that, kind of a little bit in question mark, you know. Um, they might not necessarily have as much depth, uh, in my opinion, um, as the Dodgers do. Um, but you know they have they ha- and they have some uh, some arms some pot- with with good potential, um, but they're pretty inconsistent. You know, thing could be said for us with you know Scott Kashmir, um, Brandon McCarthy, um, Hunter Rio who hasn't been healthy all last season, um, and then with Julio Rios, you know he we don't even know how much we can expect to pitch from him. You know, um, we've shown Jeff Samar just shown flashes, uh, Matt Cain has shown flashes, more on the negative side. You asked me more recently, <laughs> um, but then you also have Matt Moore, who was a big acquisition last year at the trade deadline. Um, so you know we're kind of on the same boat in terms of starting rotations. We have our top of the rotation guys, um, and then and then in terms of everyday players, we have a lot of players who um, who who could be who, who could be platooned. Um, so I think we're pretty similar. Um, obviously. Everyone over here in L.A. Uh, looks forward to a Bumgarner-Kershaw pitching matchup and uh, even a Bumgarner-Puig, you know, hitting hitting. Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's... you know, you can – the, 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 the Dodger-Giant rivalry um, is second to none over here. And, um, you know, we're really just looking forward to competing with, with – um, the National League best, and uh, we know we know every time we come we we go up to San Francisco or San Francisco comes in town, um, we're expecting a dogfight. All right, awesome. Thank you. This was guys. This was Caesar Bracara from Dodgers Way. Um, where can people find you on Twitter, Caesar? Um, yeah, you can uh, go ahead and uh, follow our page. I'm sure you guys won't, but I mean we'll we'll be having a couple more interactions throughout the season. We're at Dodgers Way FS, and um, I'm at uh, C Becerra uh, FS on Twitter. Um, if you guys, well, I mean, we'll be looking for looking forward to a good season with you guys. Yeah, same to you. Thanks again for coming on, Caesar. And, All right, man. See, good luck. Have, just, have a good uh, have just, a good spring training and have a good uh, uh, 2017 season. Thanks, man. Caesar, just so you know, I, I did I did follow Dodgers Way FS because we are a family and we uh, like to take care of each other, so. I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, thanks again, Caesar. All right, I hope to talk to you guys soon, huh? Yeah, for sure. We'll have Go you on. The, we'll have you on down the road. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you, man. All right. So that was Caesar Bacara. An interesting take on. Um, I thought I was really looking forward to what kind of where the where the Dodgers fan base feels about the Giants and kind of where they're at. But as he's right, um, it's going to be a dogfight anytime uh, they come to town. Uh, hopefully both teams and hopefully Kershaw is healthy enough throughout the year that we can get a lot of Bumgarner Kershaw um, matchups because man, those are, those are fun. And then you get throwing Johnny Cueto and, you know, some of their second and third starters into the mix. It, it's quite the entertaining pitching battle every time out. And then on top of it, um, just that NorCal, SoCal, good old rivalry and hate and, 
the love to hate either side of it. You know, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, Next, I, I, uh, we're gonna... I don't. I don't think. I don't think we can. I don't think we can understate how beautiful uh, he described the Giants' winning ways of finding crappy players and finding ways to win. Uh, that was <laughs> that was one of the most beautiful, beautiful, bitter statements I've ever heard. I loved it. it was, <laughs> I just oh, I can't yeah, wait for, for sure. more crappy. I can't wait for more crappy Giants to to find I ways to win. I think he said scrappy. I will. Cra- I think he said did scrappy. He say, did he say That's scrappy? I, I heard scrappy, okay, I and thought, I it, okay. Scrappy, scrappy actually is more accurate anyway. So, but I thought really? he said crappy, and I started laughing. I had to turn the phone away because that's <laughs> that's what I had heard. So, scrappy actually makes more sense because you have like the the Connor Gillespie's, the Ramiro Peñas from last year that mm-hmm. seem to just like you know the Gregor Blancos, like you mentioned before. Um, in past they pu- years, they all so punch scrappy above their did, weight. Yeah, scrappy is certainly appropriate. I just I thought he said crappy, and I was I was dying over here. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we got about 15 minutes left on our show. Again, sorry for those who tuned in beforehand and it was silent. Um, we totally screwed up on that one. That's our own fault. Um, episode two will totally be a lot better. <laughs> Promise. We figured it out on how to work this thing. Um, again, thank you for bearing with us. Last 15 minutes, um, we are joined by one of our um, Around the Foghorn contributors. This is Justin Rogers. Uh, Justin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Hey, Justin. Hey. All right. Thanks, thanks for so, having me on, guys. This is pretty, this is no pretty problem. Cool. No problem. Um, so we've got a bunch of uh, Giants fan questions here. Um, we promoted it on social media. Um, the first time I tweeted, I kid you not, I tweeted it out and I said, guys, we have questions. Um, who has questions on the Giants for this year? Um, I got 14 likes, seven retweets, and no questions whatsoever <laughs> within the first 24 hours on either social media thing. And I was like, are you serious? But we got a bunch of good questions here. Um, so I'll read them off. Um, let's keep the answers relatively short and sweet, um, just because we only got about 14 minutes left on this here. Um, so the first one comes from Ricky Owens or at Ricky J Owens on Twitter. He goes, what are your thoughts on Kelby Tomlinson the last two seasons and his future with the Giants? Justin, go. Okay, so I know all of us, we all really like Kelby Tomlinson. I think he's been uh, a pretty nice asset off the bench and filling in for panic when he was injured. Um, he's hit 299 for his career. His on-base percentage is 362. I mean, he's He's quick. He can steal bases. I like his versatility. Um, it's just kind of tough since they've added so much more depth, more veteran pieces for him. So he could be the odd man out. But, I mean, I, I really like his versatility and what he can bring to the table for the Giants in the future. What about you, Michael? I, I think he's a perfect fit for what the Giants need on their bench. But they also know that they can send him down. And I think for his development, I think it's the best thing to get uh, to play every day, to be a leader in AAA, knowing that he's just one call away from coming back up and that it's not a demotion and that it's an opportunity mm-hmm. to play every day. So I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. And I actually think just like with Trevor Brown, it's only going to make him a better player in, in the same way with Williamson. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, a lot of us from the website, really, like we said, we really love Kelby, uh, the specs. Um, he's our boy. Uh, some of us created a uh, at Kelby greatest of all time Twitter account kind of a thing. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, a whole lot of memes, dank memes of Kelby, gifts, 
all of it's there. Um, we love Kelby. I really loved Kelby on the field. Um, I think he's very, he's got a slick glove at second base. Um, he can hit. He can. He makes a lot of good contact. He he comes up in big places. He was the best pinch hitter on the team last year. I think he might be missed on the bench to start the season at some point. If either, if whoever they put in, whether it's someone like Gordon Beckham or Rollins, um, if, if they struggle, I think Kelby's going to be missed because that pinch hit, you could rely on him getting on base last year um, at a decent clip as a pinch hitter, um, opposed to everyone else was pretty dismal uh, coming in in a pinch hitting role. Um, so I think that's going to be missed. Um, also, um, he filled in. He's filled in fantastic for Joe Panic and Joe Panic's back issues back in 2015 and uh, at the end of 2015 and even last year. Um, so I think I'm kind of sad that he's going to end up in AAA because I thought he was he he really when he got called up in 2015 he really took advantage of his uh, of his chances there. Um, and so for me, it, it sucks to see him down, uh, that he'll probably likely be down in AAA unless there's an injury or he, or maybe just Jimmy Rollins tanks it the rest of spring training, which I don't think is going to happen because that's just not a Jimmy Rollins thing to do. Um, so, um, I think he does have a good future and a long future with the giants. Um, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully they don't view him as a trade asset, um, when they're trying to get better at the deadline. Um, but, uh, we'll see. Um, uh, hopefully he has a long future with the giants and I think the giants feel that feel the same way about him. The next one is from my good buddy, uh, Robbie Harjo. Um, he goes, what has more potential of being an Achilles heel for us this year, an aging outfield with Hunter Pence and Denard Span, or the lack of depth in a rotation and bullpen. I'm going to give my quick answer on this. I think it's um, the uh, aging outfield and Hunter Pence and Denard Span because I think that um, the bullpen and the rotation is probably one of the deepest in baseball at the moment, especially the rotation. The bullpen, um, I know there's a lot of questions from what and with what happened last year. Um, there was no clear closer at the top to set it, set the kind of the role, do the role setting down from top to bottom. And I think Mark Melanson, when you can plug a guy who can get 50 saves and who has the third most saves in baseball or third or he's at top three, if not the top saves in baseball over like the last three or four years. Um, anytime you can add that to a bullpen, I think you're fine. Um, so for me, it is the injury concerns of can Hunter Pence stay healthy. Hopefully he can when he can. He is a four or five wins above average year a year player um, when he's not it's bad. Um, and Denard Span uh, needs to be better than he was last year. Um, so he seems to be a lot more healthy. Um, but like I said, the, those two, there's big questions there. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I. Oh, go, go ahead. Okay, well, I was just, gonna, I would say that the outfield's probably the bigger concern short term. Um, I, I <laughs> actually have a lot of confidence in. Um, not just Williamson long-term, but Duggar and uh, Jevamy mm-hmm. and some of the other guys that we have in the outfield um, in the minor league. Yeah. So while the short term is if Pence or Span go down this season, you know, could be really tough if we're playing Parker Williamson and Hernandez in the outfield um, on a daily basis. But I'm not, I'm not concerned long-term with our outfield. I think we have plenty of homegrown guys that are actually going to be um, pretty special. But, um, but if we're talking – uh, short term, I do think the outfield is a bigger concern for depth. 
What about you, Justin? Yeah, I actually agree with both of you guys. I wrote down on this piece of paper I have here, I said the the aging outfield. I mean, you have Hunter Pence, he's 33. Right now he's turning 34. He hasn't been healthy each of the last two years. He played in 52 games, 2015, then 106 last year. And then, of course, Span, he hit well below his career average of 284 last year. He hit 266, and he only had a a war of 1.0. So, I mean, that's kind of – it's kind of concerning, and they're only getting older. Um, and then right off the bat, heading into spring training, we heard that Pence had a had a minor injury. I mean, obviously he's playing right now and he's doing fine, but, mm-hmm. I mean, that's still a little concerning given his, uh, his status with his health each of the last two years. And then Melanson, I feel like he's been – He's been nails from the bullpen. That's exactly who they needed. Uh, they went. They needed a closer. They went and they got it. One of the top closers in the game. And then you have Law who's shoving right now. And then you have some mm-hmm. of the other bullpen guys who are kind of struggling, like Strickland and Contos. But in the regular season, each of the last few years, Contos has been pretty consistent. So I'm not really too concerned with their bullpen anymore. It's just that that age in the outfield mixed with the younger, inexperienced players. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're all on the same page on that one. Uh, the next one is from our beloved friends, Mr. Steven Rosado. Um, his question to us was, who is one of the key players for 2017 that is often overlooked? Again, I'm going to give mine. I love George Contos. Um, George Contos is uh, one of my favorites. Um and I know people, it's funny because to me, I laugh when I say, oh, he struggled. When people say, oh, he struggled this spring. Um, he's only walked one person. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, that's, it's three. He has three walks. Okay, I'll pet. take that back. He has three walks in four innings, and he's given up one hit, which was a three-run home run, which is inflates his ERA, makes it look like it's really bad. I love, I've always loved George Contos and kind of appreciated what he did um, and the kind of the role that he plays in the team. Um, but another one that I really do like in here is Steven Okert. Um, I think that would be a better option for me because I see him really kind of coming into his own in the role as the, like a left-handed specialist out of the bullpen. He was really, really good at the end of last year. I remember watching with MLB TV, I was listening to one of, uh, um, I was listening to Vin Scully call a game uh, with the Giants and Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. And Okert came in and absolutely went rough shot right through the Dodgers lineup and uh, it was so impressive. And, uh, and all, what was even more impressive was how much knowledge Vin Scully had of stinking Stephen Okert, who's, you know, maybe made it, you know, only a handful of appearances at the big league level. Um, but Stephen Okert, he's had a good spring so far. I think he's a really under the radar player um, that I think is going to be overlooked, but I think he's going to have a really big role in the bullpen this year. And I think he's going to come out on top. Justin, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I wrote down Brandon Belt, not not because I think that um, he's underrated or anything, but I think people kind of take for granted what he does. Um, he's one of the top defensive first basemen. He hits for average. He hits uh, he hits somewhat power numbers, but I think people want him to be this thirty home run plus guy while also hitting like 290 300 and he's just not going to hit 30 home runs a year in AT&T Park so I think from that standpoint um he's kind of overlooked and the fact that he everyone will be like so quick to turn on him and kind of like uh think they think that 
the, the Giants should trade him and get someone else, some other pieces. But um, so I think in that standpoint, he's kind of overlooked. Last year, he had a WAR of 4.3, hit 17 home runs, 80 RBIs, had a career high, 394 on base percentage. So I mean, he's only improving, and that, that's why I picked him for those reasons. All right. Um, what about you, uh, Michael? Um, I would say that I think people um, are are not anticipating how much having a full season of Matt Moore uh, will impact the team and a full season of Derek Law as the eighth inning guy. Because I think those two guys in their roles as the number three starter and the eighth inning guy, I think will really um, just not only solidify those two spots, but solidify those two players on the team. I think they're going to have huge years. And most people are – so focused on, you know, Bumgarner Cueto and so focused on Lanson that they're not necessarily seeing how much improvement we're going to get from those two spots um, from some of the inconsistency uh, that we had last year in those, in those spots. I know Samarja being the, being the number four guy, I think is going to help him as well. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's, I think those two guys will definitely be um, guys that will no longer be overlooked. All right, so we are down to our last two questions here. Uh, we didn't have time for callers, as uh, we may we may run it a little bit longer next time. We'll see. Um, but here we are. Last two questions. We're going to combine them, guys. We got to go quick fire. We're about two and a half minutes left here. Um, it goes one. Will when will Kyle Crick figure it out? And two, by the summer, what do you think the biggest need will be? Um, both of those are from Jerry Estrada on Twitter. Um, me, I don't know if Kyle Crick will ever figure it out at the big league level and get up to the big league level. Um, I think that's still a huge question mark and a very hard question for me to answer because he hasn't graduated from double a successfully really yet. Um, and that's, that's, you got to be able to do that if you're going to get, um, to have a timeline of when he'll quote unquote, figure it out by the summer, the biggest need I think, um, might actually be at third base. But um, we'll see. Um, it depends on how healthy Nunez can be and whether or not they feel like they like Glaspie, um, Mr. October, um, can actually do the job uh, long term um, in that role as a starter, as a starting third baseman. Justin, real quickly, where are you at with those two? Yeah, I, I kind of struggled with the quick question as well, just because of how he got absolutely shelled in double A last year. Like you said, He's going to need to prove that he can excel at the double-A level. And then I think just worry about having success in the minors, and then we can kind of talk about if he'll ever be able to figure it out in the in the pros. But first he has to really excel in the minors. And I don't, I don't know if he will do that. Time will tell. And then uh, I, I said for the biggest need, I feel, is either outfield depth because – even though Jarrett Parker is having a good spring, you still don't know how it's going to translate into the into the regular season. And same with uh, same with Mac Williamson, you just don't really know with those with those two. So I, I I put down outfield depth or even infield bench depth. I mean, you can never you can never have too many uh, pieces coming off the bench for you. All right, real quickly, Michael, uh, what are your two answers? Quick. Crick won't figure it out, and Johnny Cueto being re-signed. 
two biggest needs. All right. Those are actually, that's the one that I didn't even think about. That's yeah. a really good though, Michael. Um, all right. We got 20 seconds left here. Um, again, we want to apologize for those of you who uh, were unable to tune in or hear the first 30 seconds of it. That is our bad. Um, but uh, we'll figure it out. Um, hopefully you'll be back with us next week. I think Tuesday is actually going to be our long-term slot Tuesday evenings. Um, so listen in next week. Okay.